Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Hi, is this Robbie? It is Robbie. How are you? Hi, Robbie. I've been in. I've been online waiting, but uh, uh, nothing went through. Uh, uh, did I do something wrong? No, no. What happened is I was going to another computer. So let me let me introduce you again to others. If you didn't hear it, then it didn't get in there. So I want to start it over. Um, okay. Most of us are terrific at taking care of our family, our friends, our bosses, our neighbors, our coworkers, or anyone else who needs nurturing. But when it comes to taking care of ourselves, we just don't seem to have any time or energy left. Did you ever notice that some people who take care of others all day long feel absolutely drained and exhausted at the end of the day, while others seem to keep their batteries highly charged, no matter how much they give? During this interview, you'll learn some of the secrets of being able to take care of others while remaining energized, combating fatigue and stress, and feeling rather chaotic. My guest today is Rita Emmett. And I want to tell you a little bit about her. She is a recovering procrastinator, a professional speaker, and author of The Procrastinator's Handbook, The Procrastinating Child, The Clutter Busting Handbook, and Manage Your Time to Reduce Your Stress, a handbook for the overworked, overscheduled, and overwhelmed. Together, these books have sold 310,000 copies, been discussed in 422 newspapers, radio and TV interviews, including with Katie Couric, been published in 34 countries. Rita plus her husband Bruce and their five children were all born and raised in the Chicago area. They believe in the positives of raising children as cub fans because it teaches how to handle disappointment, how to remain eternally optimistic, and how to have extreme hope that things will always be better next year. Rita presents keynotes and training programs on subjects such as procrastination, clutter, and stress. Not how to increase. She advocates decreasing them. But you figured that out already, didn't you? During your interview, Rita will discuss while you take care of others, who takes care of you. Rita believes that most of us know it's important to take care of ourselves. But after a full day of taking care of everyone else, there isn't any time or energy left for self-care. And if there ever has been a time when we need some kind of help to prevent burnout, it is now. Join us for help to make some changes in getting the care we deserve. Rita publishes a free monthly anti-crastination tip sheet, and I've seen the sheet is fabulous with tips and ideas to help people blast away procrastination and clutter habits and manage their stress. And you can sign up at www. Rita, and that's R-I-T-A-M-S-E-M-M-E-T-T dot com. What is really funny is that I booked Rita several months ago to be on the show, and little did I know that my life could change in a day. My 94-year-old stepfather came to live with me and fell and fractured five ribs. So the last couple of weeks I've been going between the hospital and life care where he is now in and then looking at what am I going to do when I bring him home. So I cannot believe that Sarah and I'm going to need everything she's going to tell us today. Welcome, Rita, to the show. 
Oh, thanks so much, Robbie. You know, honestly, you and I originally planned on just talking about general self-care for people because all it seems like all divas, all women uh, take care of everybody in their lives. But your thing actually calls for a special <laughs> couple of hours on its own. I don't think I think if somebody hasn't been through it, they just don't know how how physically draining and emotionally exhausting it is to to be the caregiver. You said he's ninety four, right? Right, and the problem is I haven't even started the caregiving. It's just uh, running back and forth and trying to figure oh. out what's happening and what's next. How do I do it all? And you know, yes. and that enough is stressful. I agree. I agree. The other decisions, a million decisions have to be made. And his welfare and your life depend on his, your decisions. It's really not easy. I do know that. So well, whatever you decide you want to talk about, I'm there for you, girly girl. <laughs> well, I have some great questions that I think will help. Uh, who does? Okay, Rita, who does take care of me? I like that. Okay, so we're calling this while you take care of others who takes care of you. Well... I've worked with tons and tons of women, and sometimes they say that their parents or their spouse or their kids or their friends or their puppy or their kitty cat takes care of them. And if that, if you feel that way, that's fine. But that's like the dessert for the meal. The main course is up to us. And I'm a really strong advocate for us to take ex- responsibility for taking care of ourselves. So that, but on the other hand, that's easier said than done. We got a lot of listeners who are thinking, I don't know how to take care of myself. So that I, I'm so proud of you for having this show. I think it's very important. Oh yeah, it's a message I, I, I want to share. Yeah. I was guilty of the other part, not taking care of myself, but now I have yes. double way. So, but yes. you know, it's true. But they sometimes they think they're taking care of themselves, but they really are. So how do they know if they are? Well. I think if they're feeling, um, finding moments to feel refreshed, that their battery's recharged, they're feeling joy, they're feeling fun, then they're doing a good job taking care of themselves. If they're feeling drained, um, finding that they snap really easily, you know, what I mean by snap that, you know, it's like something might deserve a nickel's worth of anger and we give it a $1,000 worth. If you're getting right. sick all the time, if you're emotionally crabby or short-tempered, it even hits us intellectually. Um, so For me, if I'm not taking care of myself, I get absent-minded. A lot of people say, oh, I'm really good at taking making decisions, but I just don't have any more decision-making inside me. Or I bet you've experienced this, Robbie, you can't think straight. Absolutely. So, so I think if we find that, well, no, I, I want some relaxation, relaxation in my life. I, I want joy. I want fun. That's where we're heading for. That's that's the ideal. When you hit that point, then you know you're taking good care of yourself. You know, one thing that um, in reading some of those tips you sent over to me that were for me, I thought one thing that I think is, uh, it hits all of us is we, it says, you know, in other words, it's okay to ask for help. But we don't we don't like to do that, and I wonder why that is. I think um, a lot of times we feel we're imposing. I, you know, I had an insight once that I realized when people asked me for help, there was a time in my life I was not capable of saying no. 
And therefore, for me to ask somebody else for help, I presumed the whole world wasn't capable of saying no. One of my first steps towards self-care was to learn that I, I can be a loving, caring person and still say no to some stuff. But there's there's other things, too, that hold us back. We feel like we're imposing, or we've just never witnessed anybody being able, anybody asking for help that it was you know, a kind, loving thing for somebody to do. We tend to feel selfish. Oh, it would be very selfish of me to ask for help. Or we feel guilty. Oh, I can't ask for help. I feel like a worthless worm, that type thing. One time a woman said to me, you know, this message you have, Rita, she said, I follow the Bible and it says love your neighbor and I feel like you're contradicting the Bible. Well, first of all, I don't. I don't contradict the Bible. I live my life according to it. But secondly, the woman was missing part of the quote. Do you know what she was missing? It said, love your neighbor. The Bible said love no. your neighbor. No, the rest no. of it is The rest of it is love your love neighbor yourself as yourself. yourself. And so right. we need to to pay attention. I mean, how are how do we love ourselves? A lot of times if we loved other people that way, we would be cruel, you know? Like how often do we say, "Oh, I I feel so sick. I'm sick as a dog, but I'm going to go to work." If we loved other people that way and said, "Well, Robbie, you and I are good friends, so I'm going to tell you I don't care how sick you are. Go to work." That would be cruel. So, uh, you know, we need to pay attention. I believe we don't really start to truly love and truly give of ourselves until we do love ourselves. Once we have a good, positive, healthy love of ourselves, not a bragging, egotistical thing, a good, positive, healthy love of ourselves, then we can have a good, positive, healthy love of other people. You know, uh, is this something new for our, this for our generation? Because I don't remember it when my grandmothers and aunts were living that people talked about taking care of ourselves. Oh, that's so cool! You are absolutely a hundred percent right. Um, you know why? Because they had a lot of pillars to hold them up and take care of them, and we have lost many of those pillars. Um, for example. Um, my grandparents used to, every Saturday night, they played cards with their friends. Most of us are still doing emails and texting and doing business and thinking and stuff and feeling guilty if we take off Saturday night to enjoy with friends. Um, my, th- my grandfather used to sit out on the porch after dinner, and all the neighbors would come over. And if you had a sorrow, they'd grieve with you. If you had a joy, they'd celebrate with you. Lots of us, if we move to a new place, three years later, we still don't even know our neighbors. Let me tell you a real quick story. It's um, a list that was found in a trunk about um, 14 years ago, and it's been in a couple of magazines, so maybe you or your listeners have seen it. And it's the 17 steps that a grandmother back in the 1800s, back in Little House on the Prairie Times, she wrote her her beloved granddaughter who was getting married, she wrote her a list of the 17 steps to do your laundry. And the first step was build a fire in the backyard, and the second step was make your own soap in a cauldron. It was like I was thinking, holy Toledo, I will never complain (laughs) about doing laundry again, you know. But step number 16 was, the next to the last step was put the kettle on for tea. 
and steps and dragged the rocking chair out on the front porch. And step number 17 was sip your tea, rock a little, relax, and count your blessings. And I, well, we don't build that. We don't build that into our chores. We don't build no. in a little. But I do remember my grandmother wiping her hands on her apron and saying, "Oh, that was a big deal. Come on, let's go for a walk." She, she had a good sense. We talk about having an old-fashioned work ethic. An old-fashioned work ethic was they worked when it was time to work, and then they stopped, and they right. played and relaxed. It was a harder life. I agree. But still, I bet we can look back and remember our grandparents being with friends and just having a good time. I can. So I think we need to to realize that previous generations didn't have the same fast pace. And I was going to say expectations, but I think a lot of times the expectations we're living up to are the expectations of ourselves. I am the rock. I am the shoulder to cry on. I am the strong person and everybody can come to me and I will help them. And 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 then we're afraid if we say, "Oh, I feel so terrible. I feel so depressed today. I have no energy." We're afraid people will laugh at us because we've you know, Robbie, you know that expression they say we teach people how to treat us? When I first heard that, I argued with it for six months. No, I never treated people to be as nasty as they are to me, and I realized, yes, I do. They say, will you do this? And I say, sure, no problem. And the turkeys actually believe that I'm telling the truth and that it's no problem. And there I am running around. Actually, I have to tell you, my grandmother had an expression. I had helped a friend, and I had a hard time falling asleep worried about her and the next day she wasn't worried at all her problem was it wasn't even important and my grandmother's expression was stop crossing oceans for people who wouldn't jump over a puddle for you wow that's pretty good isn't that weird (laughs) that's weird but yeah and so so my 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 beginning of self-care was learning to say no because my because our grandparents and our parents knew how to say no kindly yeah so how do we find ways to take care of ourselves and what do we do if we find a resistance in doing something to take care of ourselves there's so many parts to that resistance are you thinking about resistance from others or resistance our own resistance well don't you think sometimes we're our worst enemy Yes, I was just going to say, as as the words came out of my mouth, I thought, you know what, I think the resistance from us is probably way worse than others. Yeah, somebody who has kids and is used to the kids uh, requesting a different, you know, everybody has something different for dinner and mom's a short order uh, chef and she cooks uh, five different meals, one for everybody and um, she uh, they can't get up in the, from the table to get the thing of milk. Well, I mean, if they're an infant, they can, but I've been... I've heard had people telling me their eight-year-old goes, Mom, will you bring the cereal? Mom, will you get me the milk? And it's like, really? Can't the child get up? But Mom taught them that. And so we're teaching them something different. However, if there is resistance from other people, oh, how come you want quiet time? How come you're not taking, spending every minute paying attention to me and taking care of me? If we start changing things and tell kids, no, I need, I need to be alone for a little while, just just leave me be. If we start that, 
what's happening is we are teaching them to respect us, and we are teaching them that when they grow up, especially our daughters need to know this, when they grow up, they're allowed to take care of themselves too. But the resistance, you know, yeah, if we have get a little flack from people, or, or, you know, if somebody's been using you and abusing you, they said, can you drive me to work while my car's broken? They haven't bothered to fix their car, and you've been driving out of your way a half hour every day to pick them up and another half hour to drop them off. And they're very comfortable. So for three months you've been doing this. They're taking advantage of you. If you all of a sudden say, you know, I love you, I'm glad to help you, but now it's time for you to get your car fixed or find another way to get to work, they're going to get mad. They're going to get mad because you're not allowing them to use you anymore. So sometimes the resistance comes from people who really want to take advantage of you, have been successful in the past, and just do not like the fact that you're doing it now. Um Years ago, there was a class called assertiveness, and my husband said, you know, you really need to take that class, that assertiveness class, and I did. And uh, one day he said, come on, let's go over to so-and-so's, and I said, I, I don't want to go to so-and-so's. You know, I have never liked them. They don't like me. I don't like what goes on. I don't like the bigotry of the conversation. I don't like the mean put-down jokes. I don't want to go. And his reply was, when I suggested that assertiveness class, I didn't mean for you to be assertive with me. <laughs> so there was the <laughs> resistance I ran into. <laughs> we're, down so, um, about, yeah. we're down to about six minutes, and I want to really go into your book because I love it. It's called Manage Your Time to Reduce Your Stress, and the subtitle, A Handbook for the Overworked, Overscheduled, and Overwhelmed. First off, how did you get the idea to do this book? And tell us a little bit about what people can find in the book and where can they get copies of it. This is so nice of you, Robbie. Thank you. Well, the idea was I, I wrote a book on how to break the procrastination habit. It's called the Procrastinator's Handbook. And I would give talks then on how to manage your stress. And people would say, no, no, I'm really getting good at time management, and I want to be great at time management, and you cannot manage, be a great time manager and handle your stress. And I remember asking one guy, why do you think that? And he says, because stress management means sitting under a tree, sipping uh, something, a glass of wine or something, and never getting anything done. Well, all of, but I heard that, but I observed a lot of people I knew were very effective time managers. They got a lot done. They met deadlines. They were productive. They were effective, but they still had time for family. They still had time for friends. They still had time to get together for fun evenings. Yet others had the same kind of work, and they were always saying, oh, you can't imagine the stress I'm under. I'm under so much stress. I can't get, no, I can't get together with you guys. I've got so much stress, so much to do. That's what got me, that many people felt to be a good time manager, you had to put up with feeling frazzled, frantic, and frustrated, and I disagree. I think we can be a very productive, effective person and still have a lot of fun and joy in our life. So thanks for mentioning that. Um, in fact, uh, one way of taking care of myself was to make the time to write these books. I used to live a life that no matter what I wanted to do, somebody would call and they'd need help. And every day I'd say, oh, I didn't do what I wanted to do. And I realized I was I was letting my whole life go by and never doing anything I wanted to do. 
So um, where can they get my books? Thank you for asking. They can get them at um, any at Amazon, any bookstore, or um, go to my website, which you had mentioned already, RitaEmmett.com. Yeah, mention it, and again, then, mention it again. Mention it okay, again. Okay, so it's it's Rita, R-I-T-A, and Emmett is two E's, two M's, two T's. So it's E-M-M as in Michael, E, there's a second E there, T-T as in Thomas. And... Um, on that website, not only could you buy books if you want, but but you can get them at Amazon too. You know, I I think some two last summer they ran my clutter busting book for ninety nine cents. I pay more than that to buy it from the publisher and turn around and sell it after my talks. I bought a bunch of my books from Amazon. It was very exciting. Um, but also at that website, you can um. Um, sign up for the tip sheet that Robbie mentioned, which is absolutely free, comes out once a month by email, and it covers the topics of my three books, Procrastination, Clutter, and Stress. And the other thing is I've just started de- uh, developing, producing online courses, which have only been out a little while, but people are re- reporting great success. And that is, um, it's... Thirty day for thirty days. Every day you get a three minute thing, and it's a message. For, it's, it gets emailed to you. It's an audio of me talking. Uh, in three minutes, I tell a story, make a point, and then give you an action step to take. And there's one for procrastination, thirty days on that, and one for stre- uh, uh, clutter. And I have to tell you, they are ninety nine dollars, which is a lot of money. But if your people could write this down. In order to register for it, um, I have a promo code, and they can get the thing for uh, 25 bucks, which is less than a dollar a day. They get a three-minute thing they can have with their coffee in the morning, and it can change their lives. Robbie, I think we should just give them my email address. I gave them, you know, I don't know if I have time to tell them how to go and register for it and everything. Yeah, do you want to do that? Them, yeah, give them your email, and if you have a phone you want to give them to, they could do that. Sure. Okay. So if they want to sign up for anything or get a book or have the book signed to them or um, sign up for any of these online courses, one is procrastination, one is clutter. Actually, I've been hearing, I heard from a dad who, uh, by uh, he said on session number five or six, something was funny, and he called his 16-year-old son into his office to hear about it. He had an office in the home. And he and his son finished the whole program together, practicing the action things together and saying, how are you doing with procrastination? And then now they're just seeing how they do with procrastination, and they made an agreement that starting January 1st, they'll do the whole 30 days over again and see how well they're doing. So there's a lot. This is is fun. This just changes family. So my email is rmet. Guess what? It's spelled the same way as on the website, R. E M M E T T, but at the end of it is is my birthday, April twelfth. So it's four twelve. R E M M E T T four twelve at aol dot com, and my phone number is. I'm thinking most people are listening to this in the car. I don't know. I, I think they can just Google me and find this out. Uh, my phone number is eight four seven six nine 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 five zero. I'll repeat that, okay. 847-699-9950. Thank you, Robbie. I appreciate that. That's well, really nice of you, you to give me time to tell them about it. Well, I think it's wonderful. And like I said, one never knows when your life can change 
And this information can be so valuable. I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my Diva Strategies for today. And I'm sorry we had a little problem in the beginning. I was trying to get you on my other computer, and it just did not work. So (laughs) I look forward to talking to you soon, and I'm going to read all those tips for myself. They are fabulous. And the first thing I'm going to do is ask for help. Wonderful. Well, that's a great first step. I'm proud of you for that. Good. Thank and you realize, so much. Robbie, that some people might not be capable of helping you and don't feel bad and don't feel that they don't love you. It's just not the right help. They can help well, you in other ways, but not the way you're asking. So I know. keep asking. I just keep That's asking, darling. Right. Bye-bye. Okay, wonderful talking to you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.